We are in a series, get your notes out, your handouts, get ready to roll your pens, and uh, love this series. How many is enjoying the essential series? Getting back to the basics, getting back to the basics that help us succeed. And, and, and some people, you know, we, what we try to do every January, and our years are intentional. We already know the series we're going to go through the years. We pray in 15, where are we going as a church in 16? And, and, and we try to start January off very practical that what are basic essentials that you and I have to have in our life as we're going to reach the purpose and the destiny of God, whether it's preaching, whether it's military, whether it's business, whatever your calling is, whatever God has placed within you, there's essentials that you must have if you're going to succeed. And we share with you this. Let's go right to our text and get right into the message today. And this is our text for the whole month that we're dealing with on essentials. And it's found in Psalms 90. Teach us to number our days aright. And we've shared every week that this really means two things. Number one is that you and I realize that we've got limited number of days. Every one of us that lived yesterday have one less day that we can use for the purpose that God has put us on this here. So count your days. Number your days aright. And then we need to find out what opportunities do I have every day to fulfill my purpose and identify those opportunities and take advantage of them. So help us number our days aright. Why? That we may gain a heart of wisdom. And, and we shared there with you, he didn't say a heart of knowledge, knowing what to do. He said, give me wisdom, which means how to do what I know I'm supposed to do. And in these series this month, I'm not bringing you anything that most of you don't already know. I'm reminding you of some things. And so I'm not trying to bring new knowledge to you in this series. I'm trying to bring some ideas that's going to help give you wisdom on how do you fulfill the knowledge that you already have. How do you walk out that truth that God's already placed within you and make it productive and successful? And so the, the Proverbs, the book of wisdom said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And wisdom is the ability to apply what is most important in your life. And so we dealt with part one series of the series, which was pray first. The first essential in mind in your life is prayer. How many knows if you don't pray, nothing else works? And your prayer life determines your love and need for God. If you don't have time for prayer in your life, you don't have time for God. Whoo, that was a rough start, wasn't it? No, that's truth. Because if you don't have time for him, then there's not room for him. And so here's the thing about prayer. And we share with you that prayer is how we get to know the heart of our father and how he gets to know our heart. Because we often unconsciously think that we're a physical being trying to work out this spiritual thing on earth when it's reality the opposite. God created us spiritual beings to live out a physical life on earth, but it's only a breath. God says our time is a physical being to heaven. When you look at us, we think 70 years is like forever, and to God it's, a, it's gone. Because he sees us as a spiritual being living out our spiritual purpose through physical means, whatever that might be. And here's the thing. How many believes that 216 is really, really going to be the best year of your life? What's the rest of you expecting? Come on, you got to do better than that. I'm about to change sermons right here and preach on vision right now. Come on, how many believe 16 is going to be the greatest year of your life? Come on, really? And it will be if it's the greatest year of your life spiritually. Because when the spirit man is healthy, everything else falls in place. And so we, we talked about pray first. 
You see, God, God's thing, and, and that's why we got our 21-day prayer going on. Please join us in these last, this last week of our 21 days. We're meeting here every morning at 6 o'clock. We're fasting this 21 days, and this coming Saturday is our grand finale. And I'm asking every one of you that can. We've had great turnouts every morning. We had a great turnout Saturday, great time of prayer. We prayed for you. Every day we're praying for you and our church family and those that don't even come yet. We're just praying for the salvation of your family and friends. And, and so come out Saturday for the grand finale, the last day of our 21 days of prayer. And then if you want to hang out with me after that, I'm going straight to Oscars. <laughs> and I'm doing some bacon and sausage and biscuits. And, and if you want to join me, come on at Oscar Bound. right? <laughs> when we say amen at 10 o'clock Saturday morning, I'm going to Oscars. And I earned it. <laughs> All right? So come out Saturday and join us. Well, what is it? Pray first. Number two, we shared last Sunday, is order. You've got to have order in your life. And we share with you the example of the jar filled with pebbles. And, and we've had it two-thirds, three-fourths filled with little pebbles that represented the non-essentials of our life. The things that we do that we don't have to have in our life. They're not bad. You know, that, that shopping my wife loves to do, and it's not bad as long as she don't spend anything. I love for her to go, and <laughs> that don't happen either. But anyway, it was a good thought. But, uh, but shopping or, or hunting like I love to do or, or fishing some of you love to do, Facebook, social media, TV, video game, all of those things, God said, I'm not asking you to get rid of them. He said, but seek first the kingdom. And we showed you that when we had the big jar with pebbles first, the non-essentials, and we tried to put the big rocks in, the essentials like God and family and, and, and our health and, and our ministry and our calling, they wouldn't fit. There wasn't room for them. And then we had the sticks in the way that represented negative people that will always come and speak into your world when you try to get it right. You got to get rid of them too. And, and so then we showed you when we put the big rocks, the essentials in first, and then we poured all the gravel in, there was room for it and more. And it's the same way in mind in your life. When you get the essentials first in your life, God, your spouse, your family, your children, your ministry, your health, you get the major essentials in first, then God said, I'm not telling you to get rid of all these things. Just put them in proper order and they fit. And so you've got to have order in your life. And then today I want to talk to you about this thing called time. 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 And I'm going to explain some things with you today and try to bring some truth. The value of time. There was a man that went to the Super Bowl, and he's sitting behind this guy. And how many know Super Bowl seats are like tens of thousands of dollars? And so he's sitting behind this guy, and the seat next to him is empty. And so he, he's watching, and he's like, somebody's got to be coming to get in this seat. It's worth tens of thousands of dollars, and no one came. So he tapped the man on the shoulder, and he said, sir, I'm just baffled sitting behind you. That seat next to you is worth tens of thousands of dollars. Who would sit there, who, or who would pay for that and not come? And he said, oh, that's my wife's seat, and she passed recently. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm so sorry. And he, he waited, and he said, but sir, wouldn't you have another family member or a very close friend that would love to have that seat? Maybe compensate you for it? And he goes, yeah, I do, but they're all at her funeral. <clears throat> now, let me just give you some advice. He had no prayer life or he would have known better than that. 
everything was out of order and he didn't know how to use his time. Okay, so we're going to help some of you. Ryan got that. Anyway, uh, we're going to help some of you try to fix that. The book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom says, an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. And we shared with you last Sunday that when you begin to understand that, that I have a target, I have a goal in my life that I want to reach, and I put my bullseye on that, and I know where I'm going. And everything else, the essentials of my life now fits around my target. Where am I going and how do I get there? How do I have a better marriage with my wife? 35 years, but I want our next 20 to be the best ones that we have. How do I become a better father to my children, a grandfather to my grand? How do I become a better pastor to you? Those things are bullseyes. How do I please God more? How to become more effective as a person? And, and I've got to have plan and then a bullseye, that's where I'm going and that's how I get there. If I don't, then I'm going in many directions. And how many besides me has done that? When you don't know where you're going, and that's why you don't get anywhere. And so time, time matters. Because you see, God is looking down out of heaven. Look, look in Ephesians 5 and, and just start reading it with me because here's what's happening. Here's how God starts the verse off. Be very careful. And it's like God's just kind of bending over in heaven looking down at us today and going, look, before I get into it, be careful. Just be very careful because I'm watching you and you're not using your time well. You don't have things in proper order. You're wore out and you're tired because you're trying to get so much more done, but it's not that you're doing something wrong. You just don't have it in right order. And now you're trying to force it and make it work. But be careful. I, I don't see you coming to me in prayer daily. You gotta be careful with that. Be, be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. How many understands that? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Very quickly, I want to give you five quick principles that are practical reminders about your time. And they're very, you already know these. I'm not going to bring any big wisdom and knowledge to you on this. Hopefully, I'll show you some things maybe you didn't see at the end. So this is all what you know but this will help you because these are basic essentials we want back in our life. Because if, you, if your goal is spiritual growth this year, and it should be all of ours, that's what's going to make us successful in life, then there's some practical essentials that we have to get back in order in order for that to happen too. Number one is you need to realize that time is our most valuable asset. Now, if I passed out a survey today and said, what's the most valuable thing you have in your life? You, most people would go, money. But money is not your most valuable asset because you can get more money, but you can't get more time. You can go find more money, but you can't find more time. You can't get yesterday back. I can get the 20 I wasted yesterday back, but I can't get the 24 hours I wasted yesterday back. And time is our number one asset. Every one of us gets 1,440 minutes a day equal across the board. God is no respecter of persons. He gives us all the exact same amount of time. And the question is, how do we deal with that time? What do we do with the time that is allotted? And you see, successful people are not lucky. Successful people, and, and I'm not attacking if you played the lottery. I'm not sending you to hell over that. 
successful people aren't trying to get rich quick. Successful people knows getting rich takes some time. And you've got to come and understand that I, I did financial services for years that wealth is not only, only what you have. Wealth is what you don't owe. My little mama down in Central Florida is a wealthy lady. Now, she doesn't have much money in the bank account, but her and my dad has never owed anybody anything. They've never owned a credit card. They, they live a simple life, but they're wealthy. I mean, wealthy because they paid cash for everything they own. They don't owe anybody anything. She doesn't wake up today going, how am I going to pay my bills? There's some wealth in that. And you got to see, it's the same way with our time. How, how am I going to get there? How am I going to get that? How am I going to be? How am I going to be? And you haven't learned to manage your time. And so I want to talk to you about this today that you understand that successful people are not lucky. They understand the value of time. Time is a wealth to them. It's a value to them. And they structure their life around making time work for them, not them work for the time. So time's your number one asset. Number two, we manage opportunities, but we don't manage time. How many has ever been to a time management seminar? Einstein said the phrase, time management is an oxymoron. You cannot manage something you can't stop or control. And you can't stop time, nor can you control it. So you cannot manage time. I cannot manage time. I can only manage the opportunities that time brings me today. I get 1,440 minutes today. I can't manage the minutes, but I can manage the opportunity that those minutes bring me today. Are you with me? And you've got to look for those opportunities. That's why I, you hear me every morning in prayer. The group that's been here will tell you I say this every day because it's how I live my life, that I believe every day God has a divine connection set up for me to meet someone out there in society that's looking for hope and looking for an answer. At a gas station, at a store, at a bank, somewhere at a restaurant, a waiter, a waitress, that there's a divine connection that God has set every day of my life and I'm looking for it from the moment I wake up because that's my opportunity today. Time is going to bring me an opportunity today and I'm ready to manage it. And you've got to find your vision, your dreams, your target and start looking for those opportunities that God is going to bring you through your time and manage those opportunities and stop trying to manage the time. When you try to manage your time, you will wear yourself out all day and get nothing done. Good, good practical stuff. Number three is don't try to do everything. It took my wife 30 years to teach me that, and I'm still a student. Because as a pastor, I want to solve everybody's problems, try to fix everybody's world, try to be there for everybody. And I wound up 38 years old on three heart monitors 24 hours a day being told my heart was the heart of a 70-year-old. And God began to bring some truth to me in that, that my number one role as your pastor is not to solve all your problems because I can't, but if I can help find purpose in your life that's bigger than your problem, we just solved your problem. 
And that's why we have growth track here. That's why we have small groups here. That's why we, we have ministry here that's, that's practical. It's not all good, spiritual and, and thank God for the spiritual times. But I found out that world out there is not looking to how many scriptures I can quote. They want to know, do I know God and do I know how to present him to them? That, that's what they want. Who is he to me? And, and we've got to come and realize today that, that you've got to come to this thing that I can't solve the world's problems, but I can take advantage of the opportunity he gives me today and make a difference in someone's life. Whether it's my marriage, my children, my church, my life in general, that you can't be everything to everybody. Successful people not only have a to-do list, they have a not-to-do list. And some of you need to get your not-to-do list going. Because your to-do list has got stuff on you that God hadn't graced you to do. And when God hasn't graced you to do it, you've taken on a burden that's not yours to bear, and it'll kill you. Well, I thought you was a Christian. I am a smarter one. Doesn't mean I care less. It's just I have to realize what I can and cannot do, and I can't do everything. Neither can you. And some of you are wore out trying to take care of some relatives that won't take care of themselves. Say it again. Some of you are wore out trying to feed, trying to clothe, trying to finance, trying to house relatives that won't work and take care of themselves. I'm going to take two offerings today for that. You see, successful people know the difference between the essentials and the non-essentials in their life, both items and people. There's non-essential things in my life. I love to hunt, but I don't have to hunt to have a happy and successful day. But I am going tomorrow evening. But anyway, (laughs) I don't have to do that, but I do have to have this woman in my life. There's some other people in my world that I don't have to have to be successful. And some of you need to get some crazies out of your inner circle. And, and I'm not being ugly. What are crazies? Crazies are not people that God sent into your world for you to win. Crazies are people that the enemy sent into your world to distract you from your purpose, and you need to identify them. And you need to remove, pray for them, love them from a distance until they get right and get in, and they're a blessing to you, not a, a drain on you. That's good preaching. Number four, you've got to increase, understand that increase comes through investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period. Let, let me explain this to you. That let, Let's say how many had resolutions at the beginning of the year? I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to go work out. How many's found out that you ain't doing half of that? All right. You know, you lied. Anyway, but it's like, you know, I'm going to get healthier. I'm going to get healthier. And you haven't been to the gym yet. And then one day you wake up and go, I'm going to the gym today. And you go work out for like an hour. You can't move for four days after that because nothing works. It's froze. All right. And, and there you are. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm back in the gym. No, you're not. You went one time. It's like the guy on the commercial that gets on the treadmill and he, he, he gets on it, looks at it, and he gets off and he runs around the treadmill like three times and then goes and gets on the scale. And he's disappointed. One time's not going to do it. But if I do a little bit of my essentials every day, spiritually, family, 
children, wife, spouse, ministry, health, those essentials, those big rocks. I can't change one of them overnight or even in a week. But if I commit to them every day a little bit in my health, a little bit of time with God in the morning. He doesn't want your whole day. He wants you to be fruitful in it. But he wants a little bit of it every morning. If you give God that part of your life spiritually and your marriage and your finances and your health and you give God a little bit over a period of time, you accomplish those dreams. It becomes who you are. And people that understand their time, the value of it, they use it likewise. Number five is you've got to determine what is important and manage that decision daily. What's important to you? What's the most important in your life right now? If you would write that on a piece of paper, and we, we have a challenge here in our church. It's called the Rule of Five. I did a whole series on it called First Things First months and months ago. And the Rule of Five is this. You write down the five things that must have to happen in your life every day to reach your vision and dreams. Just met with Pastor Ryan this week, and we're talking about that. And all of our staff, when Pastor Brad gets back from Israel, who's in Israel right now having a blast, and, uh, but when he gets back from Israel, all of our staff is going to have their rule of five framed on their office. So when my staff walks in their office every morning, the first thing they see are the five things that has to happen in their life that day if they're going to be successful. And nothing takes priority over those five things. Not me, not the church. Those five things have to happen for them to be successful as an individual. And if that happens, then I'm going to get what I need from them as a staff. The church is going to get what it needs from them as a staff. But if they're dying individually and not reaching their own goals, they're not reaching them for us either. And you've got to have your five, my rule of five, I've got to have that. What five things do I have to have in my life every day to reach my goals? And then manage them daily. Take back your life by taking back your time. You will take back your life when you take back your time and you use every minute of it wisely. So let me give you some three points very quickly that I want to share. Maybe it'll be new to some of you. That's old. All of you knew that already. But maybe this, and this may be old too, but here it is. What matters most? Make sure your list of daily activities include these three things every day. Every day. You've got your rule of five, but add these three things to it, and it's going to help you understand the power of your time. Number one, make time for refreshing. Make time for refreshing. I didn't do that for 30 years. I didn't refresh myself. I, I'm, a, I'm a workaholic. I love to work. My wife says when I wake up, it's like I'm dressed, showered, clothes on, and ready to go. You know, I'm, I'm a helicopter. You just go up. She's an airplane. She needs runway. <laughs> I get up, coffee, relax, have some time to sit. And, and it took me a while to get used to that sitting time in the morning because I'm wired, man. I'm like, okay, we're gone. See ya. Boom, you know, and love her to pieces, but to sit for 45 minutes and drink coffee, I'm already thinking of 14 meetings I've got today and, you know, trying to work a hunting trip in, and you know, and, and not her, man. She just, you know, my wife's the type of personality that a meteor could fall through our roof, and I'd get home today and she'd be sitting in the kitchen going, honey, there's a hole in the roof. Somebody, you know, 
just doesn't bother her. I need somebody like that in my world, okay? Because I'm the opposite of that, like who shot a hole in my roof, okay? But you've got to come and realize that you've got to learn to refresh yourself. Life has us going way too fast. Our bodies and our emotions were not created by God for this type of pace continually. And if you don't stop and refresh yourself, if you don't take time, say time, Time. say refresh. Refresh. If I don't take time to refresh myself, you're going to die early. And you're not going to reach the goals and dreams that you have in your life. You've got to use time for some refreshing. The book of Luke is not in your notes, but in Luke 21 it says, Be careful because the pace of life has you already evaporated and you don't even know it. I mean, what a word of wisdom. Be careful because the pace of your life already has you evaporated. You're empty. You don't even know it yet. You've got to refresh yourself. You will not succeed in life if you do not learn this principle. And write this down. Rest before rule. You've got to learn to rest before you can rule. You will never rule an area of your life that you're not first resting in. I'll never have a strong marriage if I'm not resting in that marriage. I'll never have strong finances if I'm not resting first. It can't own me and me rest in it. I have to own it. And you have to learn to find this place of refreshing. 2 Corinthians, Apostle Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Look at who's talking here, the Apostle Paul. If anybody went through this horrific stuff, I mean, Lost in the sea, shipwreck, stone. I mean, this guy's been through some stuff, and he comes in and goes, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed. Say what? We're being what? Renewed. How often? Day by day. If Sunday morning is your renewing day, you're not going to last long. Neither is your marriage. Neither is your finances, neither is your career. You got to learn how to do this every day. You got to take some time out for you. And I I didn't do this for 38 years. I did not do this, and I wound up on that heart monitor, three heart monitors, 24 hours a day. And I almost died trying to be busy doing the right thing, but not taking care of me first. And I can tell you, every day of my life now, I take a moment, I take a plate, and I'll go down to the water, and I'll park, or I'll go somewhere. I get away from everything. I get away from everybody, and I'll take 30 minutes an hour, and I'll go somewhere, and I just refresh myself. I'll go clean my guns. I'll go to the shooting ring and just shoot away. I'll go hit a golf ball at the putter, not play. If you play like I do, you don't want to play that much, okay? So I just putt and make everybody at least look like I know what I'm doing. But I do something that's not work. It's just putting back in me. I'll go get my wife, and we'll just go get a a cup of coffee somewhere. But you've got to refresh you. And you can't refresh you around negative people or negative places. Psalms. Let me just say this. An article I just read, it said America is in the decade of fatigue. America is now in the decade of fatigue. We're wore out. And we've got to renew ourselves. 
The psalmist said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me. That's how important it is to God that if you and I don't do it on our own, how many besides me have had to make God do that? He'll make you lie down. He'll create a situation that's going to make you get on your back and rest a little bit because he understands the importance of being renewed. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters away from the hustle and the bustle and, and all the activity. He guides me away from that so he can restore my soul. It's important that you have a time of renewal. In the book of Mark, it says, he said to them, and I want to show you something. This is how important it is. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not made for the Sabbath. The principle of the Sabbath was not to work all week and rest. And here's what I want to show you, because when you understand Jewish culture, we've got it backwards, because we think our day starts in the morning when the sun comes up and we wake up and we go to work for eight, 10 hours, and then we come home and we're exhausted and we try to rest and then we try to get some sleep so we can get up in the morning and start our day again. But the Jewish people understood something that we never got because their day doesn't start in the morning after the sun comes up. It starts like 12-1. It starts in the night. Ours starts in the morning. The Jewish people does it. They've got it right where they rest See, we work and then try to rest. They rest and then go to work. And they do it every day. And that's why God's teaching us about the Sabbath. The Sabbath, look what the Jewish people did. They took the seventh day and made it the first day. That's why we meet on Sunday, not Saturday, is that we don't work all week. The Jewish people said we're not working all week and then taking one day to try to regroup. Let's regroup and refresh and renew ourselves and rest, and then we can do the whole week. Are you getting it? And we've got it backwards. We're trying to be on the defensive instead of the offensive, but if you're rested, you're good for the day. If you go through the day and try to catch up with rest, you're wore out. And you've got to find that place of time of renewing in your heart and in your life. Number two is make time for reward. Make time for reward. Let me explain this to you. Make sure you're using your time and activities that truly make an eternal difference for you and for others. You can go chase the American dream and you'll wind up empty and miserable if that's all you get. There's something even greater than that. Go for your dreams. I, we teach these young people, man, go for the stars. Don't settle for bronze when you can have the gold. Have that entrepreneur spirit. Be your own boss. Live life to the fullest. Have the blessing and the favor of God on your life. We just met Pastor Ryan and I. We're going to be doing financial training to these teenagers. I'm tired of our school system putting 12 years on how to make a living and won't give one hour on how to manage it when you get it. So we're going to teach them ourselves and, and, and teach them how to become millionaires without having to make a million dollars. Be your own boss so that you can build the kingdom. And you've got to come and understand today, Ecclesiastes, the greatest man, the wisest man in the Bible, Solomon said, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Notice what he said. I've seen all that can be done under the sun. That's on earth. 
But when you look above the sun into the heavenlies, you see things on a different realm and level. And he said, when I see all this under the sun, they're meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. And if you're not spending your time on things that make a difference in eternity, you're not using your time the right way. Now, remember, God didn't say get rid of the, uh, of the TV. He didn't say go burn all your TV. He didn't say go give your rifles away and don't hunt. He didn't say my wife couldn't shop, though I'd love for him to pass that word down. He, he's, <laughs> he's never done that. Why? Because he, he wants you to have those in your life, but seek first the kingdom. And understand that the, there's, there's eternal things that God has set for your day every day. And those are the things that have to have priority in our life. What am I using my time for that's eternal? If we added up last week, how many hours we sat in front of the TV? How many hours we were in front of a laptop? How many hours we were on an iPad? How many hours we were on a video game? How many hours did we spend on non-essentials that have absolutely no effect on one person in this world in an eternal fashion that we could have taken a portion of that or even a majority of that and been very fruitful on eternal matters and still had those things active in our life? You got to go for the reward. You got to make time for the reward. My father, as I say, he was one of the wealthiest men in the world, though he didn't have much. My dad quit school in the 10th grade to take care of his mom. When his dad died, he went into the military and to the Air Force after that. And he didn't have a lot of education, and, but he was the hardest working man I ever met. But my dad had a purpose in life, and it was to give, and it was to impact people. And he never met a stranger. And my mom and dad, my dad brought so many homeless people home. I never got my bed. There was always a homeless person in it. I'm serious. My brother was bigger than me, and he wouldn't give his up. So they got mine. And, and I would sleep on the couch half my life. I slept on our couch because there was a homeless person in my bed or, or, or Rocky Phillips or Denise or, or different teenagers that went to school with me that were on drugs or alcohol and their family kicked them out. So my dad and mom brought them in. And my dad's got spiritual, mom's got spiritual children all over the nation now that they brought in our home. But he, he didn't have a lot, but he's one of the wealthiest men that I know today. Because 100% of my father's children, 100% of his grandchildren, and 100% of his great-grandchildren are serving Jesus today. That's pretty wealthy. It's pretty successful. Now, I'm, that's not a negative if any of yours aren't because God promises our household. But my dad breathed his life breath, last breath and died sitting in a wheelchair in a nursing home praying out loud. And the nurses said he was praying and he did that all day, every day, unconscious to what was going on around. He didn't even know he was praying, but he was praying out loud and he was praying for his children. I got videos of my dad unconscious from a brain disease, didn't even know what he was doing. And he was praying for us, his children, praying for his grandchildren, praying for his family, praying for the unsaved, praying for lost to come into the kingdom of God. He didn't even know what he was doing and he took his last breath doing that. You can't buy that with money, my friend. You can't purchase that out there with a big house. There's something about understanding the reward of sowing my time into the kingdom and benefiting greatly from it. When you sow into the kingdom, he said, I'll give back all these things to you and more. Well, I started preaching. I'm sorry. First Timothy, command them to do good, 
to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Do good deeds, rich in good deeds. We have a four-step process, and I'm going to close here with the last point here, and it's called this. You want to find out how to do this with your time? We have a four-step process of the church. Number one is we just want you to know God. The utmost desire we have as pastors of this church is we want you to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Number two is we want you to find freedom. Find the freedom that God so wants to your life. We want for you. We're not a judgmental church. We're a church of grace here. How many is glad you're in a church of grace besides me because I need it every day? And, and we're not a judgmental church. Jesus said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I'll give you the will and the power to do it. And we're going to help you do that as you help me do it because I need help too. And we're going to work that out. We've got, how do you do that? Small groups. You're going to see small groups being announced every Sunday. In another week, there's going to be a tent out, tents out there everywhere and cotton candy and popcorn and all kind of stuff. And all of our small group leaders are going to be out there under tents and register for a small group, build relationship with other people. Life change comes through relationship. Deliverance comes through that life change. And then we want you to discover your purpose. Come out to grow track. Tonight, 301, if you haven't been there, and we're going to help you find how God created you and, and what's your gifts and what's your personality and how can you be effective in changing people's lives. And then we want you to do number four, go make a difference. Just go make a difference in someone's life. It's not that complicated or hard. God just wants you to understand the reward of the day, taking advantage of that time. I, I do it every time we see a ring like we've had. I love it, man. It's fun to me. By the way, our new something extra to show you God loves you cards are in. Get you a pocket full. And, and, and I had some with me. I keep them in my vehicle. And, and when it rings, I keep a big old beach umbrella. I mean, a, a golfing. I don't golf that much, but a golfing umbrella in my truck. Not for me. I keep it in there so when we have those days of rain, man, I head to Walmart, I head to Winn-Dixie or Publix, and I just stand outside the door of my umbrella like I'm waiting for my wife. And I stand there, and people come out, and there's a lady with her children, no umbrella. Man, would you like a walk to your car? Oh, would you do that? And you walk her to her car, and they'll try to pay me most of the time. And I go, no, no, no. But here, I'd like to give you this, just something extra to show you that God loves you today. God had a preacher with an umbrella to walk you to your car just to remind you that his eyes are upon you. And it's amazing what God can do. You just got to say, every day I have an opportunity to impact somebody's life in a positive way. And do it. Number three, make time for your relationships. Number one's God. How many knows that's our first key, our first priority? Proverbs says, reverence for God. I love this. Talking about time, right? Reverence for God adds hours to your day. And when you find out that first fruit of your money, your tithe, when you give that, God, he said, I'm going to take that tenth and I'm going to make that 90 worth more. I mean, he's found that to be true. He says the same thing about your time. That when I give God the first of my day, my time of prayer, my time of praise, my time in the word, when I give that to God first, how many besides me has had those days like I just need 24 more? Please don't let the sun go down. Let just three more hours. God, I do not want to start this over tomorrow. Please, God. God says, now you give me first, I'll add hours to your day. Now we know that he's not adding little hours, so he'll make the ones you have multiply and become more fruitful. God first. And then number two, make time for God's people. 
as I said earlier, won't be repetitious. Get in a small group, build relationship. We have a principle here called 30-30. Some principles everybody's got real well. This one we're still having to really try to teach. What is 30-30? It is a proven fact that people come to a church, they don't come back because of the preacher or the music. The number one reason they come back is how they felt the 30 minutes before the service started and 30 minutes after. Were people friendly? Were they embracive? Or embracing, not abrasive. Embracing, please don't be abrasive, okay? That will not build the church. But embracing, and I want to challenge you. That's why we have coffee. We have people here at 6 o'clock every Sunday morning getting ready to make about 500 cups of coffee. Why are they here? So that that 8 o'clock crowd can get here at 7.30. There's 30 minutes to come early and meet other people. And hello, and my name is, and build relationships. Stay 30 minutes late and meet some people from the other services. They're coming in or going out. And, and I want to challenge every one of you, come early. Come early, get a cup of coffee, meet some people, build relationships. These are three essentials that you need to do with your time if you're going to be successful in reaching the goals that God has placed in your life. Here's what Hebrews said, and I close. Let us not give up meeting together. What's the most important? Don't don't give up meeting together, small groups, relationship, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day, capital D, approaching. What does that mean? That's your last day. You see your day approaching. And all of us have that last day. He says, don't, don't forsake getting together in that group. Don't forsake those relationships. My relationship with God first, then my relationship with you and other people. How many is thankful for the people God's put in your life? How many can say today, I would not be where I am today if it had not been for those people that God put in my life. And, and, and I'm very honored to, to be a, a covering pastor. You know, gray hair, whether you have any wisdom or not, makes people think you do. And so I fooled some people. And, uh, but a lot of young pastors in this town have asked me to be a, a spiritual father to them. And I meet with them every month. And, and I get to pour into their life. And then we have our pastor-to-pastor ministry that we minister to hurting and broken pastors all over the nation. We get an average for four to six calls a week from hurting pastors that we try our best to minister to. And now we've got teams of pastors all over the country that are helping us that we can refer some to. And, and, but here's what I hear. I hear so many nightmares bad relationships and churches and hurts and wounds and all those things, fighting and feuding. And I get to come and preach to the greatest church every Sunday morning in America. I really mean that. I I love you. I love this church. I love knowing when I'm out there, and I'm out there every week, most days, inviting unchurched people to this church that I know I don't care who they are. I don't care what they look like. I don't care the color of their skin. I don't care what they smell like. It doesn't matter. There's a group of people Now, if they smell bad continually, we're going to help them get a bath. We're going to help teach them. Just bear with us. And if they act unchurchy, just bear with us because we've been praying for God to bring in the unchurched. And in our 12 o'clock service, we have many families. We have over 40 special needs children coming to this church every week now. Over 40. And, and in our 12 o'clock service, many of them come then because they have infants that can't, they can't, the, they're, they're foster children that are special needs and by their contracts, they have to be very careful. So they're in here and they'll whimper or they'll whine or, or they'll do something and we let our 12 o'clock service know, look, these are special needs families. These are families that have adopted special needs children that were disowned by their family. They have a safe church to come to and hear the message of the gospel and have a family that's going to embrace them. And we're not going to let that baby be a disruption to us. We're going to be a family to that baby and we're going to have church together and enjoy life. I love this church. I love you for that. 
So let's get our time. Quit managing your time or trying because you can't. Start managing the opportunities that time brings you every day. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, I love you and I thank you, God, for this day. I thank you for these amazing people. Thank you for the simple word, just a simple word today, God. And I pray that you will bless it in our life and let us receive from it. That God, we can be better this year. We can be more effective this year. We can have more impact this year. And we thank you for it today. And I pray over this body right now. How many Christians right now would just raise their hand and say, Pastor, got this word today. This one's for me. Okay, I'm going to do better. I'm on time. It's going to have a new priority in my life. How many would slip a hand up one more time? Just say, that's me. Just I, We're going to do better with time. How many here today would say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with God. Not, not in that place. I'm not a bad person. I'm just not where I need to be with God today. And I'm ready to make some changes. And I'm going to start this year off right. And I want to give it to Jesus today. Hands are already going up without me asking. If that's you, would you just lift a hand? You can put it right back down. It's really for God to see it, not for me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you today. Hands going up all over, still going up all over this building. I need to get it right with God today. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, you raise your hand or you did not, will you pray this prayer with me? And we're going to pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe my heart you raised from the dead I can be saved so right now I come to you I confess with my mouth that you are Lord I believe in my heart you raised from the dead and I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus name according to your word I'm saved I'm a new person in Christ Jesus in Jesus name amen amen Come on, there's eight or ten hands raised. Will you give God praise today and just give a hand to these that are